Hello, and welcome to Saint Stories for Kids, a weekly podcast full of fun stories and facts about the holy men and women that have come before us. I'm your host, Chantal Barros. Saint Stories for Kids is brought to you by Shining Light Dolls. Discover award-winning Catholic dolls, books, and more. Catholic mom designed, Catholic kid approved. Visit www.shininglightdolls.com to learn more and sign up to receive free coloring page printables while you're there. Today we'll be telling the story of St. Juan Diego, whose feast is celebrated on December 9th. Juan Diego, whose given name at birth was Quetzalcoatl, which means the talking eagle, was born in 1474 near Mexico City, Mexico. Not much is known about his early life, but at age 50, he and his wife were among the first indigenous peoples to accept baptism and become Christians. St. Juan Diego was married, but he and his wife Maria had no children. On December 9, 1531, Juan had the first vision of Our Lady of Guadalupe. After the apparitions, Juan moved to a little hut next to the chapel that was built in her honor on Tepeyac Hill. For the rest of his life, he took care of pilgrims that came to the shrine, and after his death was buried in the church. St. Juan Diego was canonized on July 31, 2002 by St. John Paul II. St. Juan Diego is the patron saint of indigenous peoples. Now it's time for our story. St. Juan Diego pulled his tilma tightly around himself. The sun had just barely risen over the hills and the morning air was still chilly. It was December 9th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and Juan was on his way to Mass. Juan had only converted to Christianity a few years earlier. He was used to walking this path almost daily on his way to religious education classes with the Jesuit priests. The path from his home to the church was about 15 miles, but he enjoyed the walk, especially now that it was the cooler time of year. The desert was much less forgiving in the summer months. Juan's path wound around the bottom of Tepayac Hill, and it was as he was passing that place that he heard a woman's voice calling to him. Juanito, dearest Juan Diego, Juanito, my dearest son, where are you going? Juan was confused as he didn't recognize the voice, but it called to him with such familiarity that he was sure it must be someone he knew. He looked around for the speaker, and there, standing on the hill, he saw a beautiful woman, dressed like an Aztec queen. She had a black crescent moon at her feet and a beautiful blue mantle covered in stars. Her dress was red with flowers and a black belt was tied around her waist. Juan Diego gasped. He was startled by this lovely and mysterious woman that knew his name. I am the ever-virgin Holy Mary, mother of the true God, creator of all things, Lord of heaven and earth, she continued. I wish that a church be built here so I can give all my love, compassion, help and protection to you and all the inhabitants of this land. Juan's eyes widened. The Blessed Virgin Mary had appeared to him a nobody? He could barely believe this was happening, but it was. Mary continued, I would like you to go to the Archbishop and tell him what you have seen and heard so that he will build the church for me here. You want me to go to the Bishop and tell him you want a church? Juan asked her incredulously. Holy Mary, he said, Please ask someone else more worthy than me. I'm a nobody. Why should the Archbishop care what I have to say? Mary smiled. No, Juan, I'm asking you. Off you go. Juan, still feeling totally unworthy, decided it was probably best not to fight with Mary, so even though he wasn't sure it would work, he headed to the office of the Archbishop. Well, poor Juan wasn't wrong. He had to wait a very long time to see him. He was a very busy man. And once inside, things didn't get much better. Archbishop Zumaraga was very kind, but it was obvious that he didn't believe the story Juan told him. 
Very gently, he thanked Juan for sharing his experience and asked him to leave. Juan Diego left the office of the Archbishop feeling very dejected. He had failed Mary. He knew the Archbishop wasn't going to care what he had to say, a poor nobody like himself, just a simple Indian. He sighed and began the long walk home. But on his way home, Mary appeared to him again. Juanito, she called out again, why do you look so sad? I have failed you, Juan replied with tears in his voice. The Archbishop barely had time to speak to me, and when he did, well, it was very obvious that he thought that I was making up stories or crazy or something. He sent me away. You would be better off asking someone more important than me. I'm sorry. No one, Mary replied. My little son, I have lots of messengers that I could ask, but I want your help. You, Juan, no one else. Please go back to the Archbishop tomorrow and tell him again that Holy Mary, Mother of God, has sent you. Juan agreed, and early the next morning he was back in line at the office of the Archbishop. This time, the people working at the office were less kind, and now that they knew why Juan was there, openly made fun of him. Finally, after waiting for many hours, he was allowed to see the Archbishop again. The Archbishop listened to Juan again, but this time decided that unless he wanted to see this man at his office every day, he should give him a better answer. So when Juan was finished telling the story again, the Archbishop told him that in order to prove it was Mary, Juan should go and ask her for a sign. This was great! Juan Diego left feeling very happy and went and told Mary what the Archbishop had said. Mary was pleased and told Juan to come back the next day to receive the sign to take back to the Archbishop. But the next day, Juan's uncle was very, very sick. Juan did not leave his uncle's side the entire day and was so busy taking care of him that he didn't go and meet Mary like he promised. The day after that, Juan's uncle took a turn for the worse and was doing so poorly that Juan decided he needed to leave and go fetch the priest to perform the last rites. Juan rushed down the path, terrified that his uncle, who was really like a father to him since he raised him, would die before Juan made it back with the priest. As he ran towards Tepayak Hill, Juan remembered that he hadn't kept his promise to meet Mary the day before, and full of embarrassment and shame, he decided to go around the back of the hill to try to avoid seeing her. Well, it's not that easy to avoid the mother of God, and she was waiting for him on the other side. Juanito, where were you? Why didn't you come and meet me? Mary asked. I'm so sorry, said Juan, bursting into tears. My dear uncle, who is like a father to me, is very, very sick. In fact, I think he's going to die. I'm so sorry for breaking my promise to you, but I was too afraid to leave him. My little son, let nothing frighten you. Don't be afraid of sickness. Am I not here who is your mother? Are you not under my protection? Am I not your health? Are you not happily within my fold? Don't worry anymore about your uncle. He's cured. Mary paused and smiled as Juan wiped away his tears. Now, go and climb to the top of the hill where you met me the first time. There you will find flowers. Cut them and put them in your tilma. I want you to take these to the archbishop. Don't let anyone else see them. Only open your tilma when you are in front of the archbishop. This is the sign he has asked for. Juan Diego obeyed the instructions Mary gave him. There at the top of the hill were the most beautiful flowers he had ever seen, even though the ground had frosted the night before. It was December after all. He cut the beautiful flowers he found growing on the hill and filled his tilma, which was tied around his neck with them. He carefully climbed back down the hill and went straight to the office of the archbishop. The people at the office rolled their eyes and made rude comments about the crazy man that was back to bother the archbishop. 
but Juan ignored them, determined to finish the task that Our Lady had asked him to do. Finally, he entered the office of the Archbishop after carefully protecting his precious cargo all day. Archbishop Zumaraga, here is the sign you asked of Our Lady, and with that, Juan Diego opened his tilma. Dozens of beautiful Castilian roses tumbled out of his cloak onto the ground. The Archbishop gasped and knelt down in front of Juan Diego. Confused as to why the Archbishop was kneeling, Juan looked down, and there on his tilma was an image of the Blessed Mother, just as she had appeared to him on the hill. It's a miracle, the Archbishop said. He lifted one of the roses off the ground and twirled it in his fingers. Juan, take off your tilma and lay it gently on my desk. This is a great treasure given to us by Our Lady. And these roses, do you know what they are? Juan shook his head no. These are Castilian roses, Juan. They are my favorite flower, and they only grow in Spain. I haven't seen these since before I left for the New World many, many years ago. I will build the church you ask for, and I hope that you will come and be the guardian of this precious image given to us by Mary. The Blessed Mother knew she was asking a good and humble man to help her, and I hope you will continue to help. Juan Diego was so honored. He was a nobody, but now had one of the most important jobs in the country. He agreed and spent the rest of his life living in a house next to the chapel that housed his tilma with the beautiful image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. The apparition of the Blessed Mother, known as Our Lady of Guadalupe, was instrumental in the largest conversion to Christianity in all of history. In fact, within the eight short years after the apparition, almost nine million native peoples were baptized by a very, very small group of Franciscan missionaries. And within 50 years, all of Mexico was considered to be a Christian country. The image of Our Lady of Guadalupe spoke to the native people. During that time, most people did not read, but understood symbols. Her complexion and dress showed that she was both Spanish and native, a unification of the two fighting cultures. The angel at her feet and sun behind her meant that she was from heaven, while the black belt around her waist was a symbol that she was pregnant. She stood upon a black crescent moon, the Aztec symbol for Mexico. In the pictographic language of the Aztecs, her image communicated to the indigenous peoples that the child in her womb was royalty, and more important and more powerful than all the gods of the Aztecs. The story of Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe reminds us that Jesus came for all people, and his mother is our mother too. Saint Juan Diego, pray for us. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the story. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, and reviews are always appreciated. Until next time!